Hello and welcome back to Goswick Lane. We're glad you're here. And today we're talking about a topic that I think our listeners are going to be really interested in. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. This is going to be good information based on our experience and mistakes. We've learned through this real estate industry that uh, we're going to make mistakes, right? Absolutely. Everybody does. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But if we can tell you the mistakes that we've made, and you can learn from those so that you don't have to go through that process of making that mistake that we made. It's going to save you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, and, and it can get up to the 10000 Yeah, or a or hundred, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, we've probably made combined over $100,000 worth of mistakes in the real estate industry. At least, yeah. So we don't want you to do that. So if you'll pay attention, we'll walk you through some of the mistakes that we made and what we would have done different, and then why it's so advantageous to get in this game of real estate investing. Absolutely. So, Genty, let's go back. Let's go way back. Do you remember the first investment deal or flip house that you ever did? Yes. Walk me through, like, the numbers, if you remember the numbers, and some mistakes that you made during that first flip, whether what what it was intended for, if it was a flip, if it was an investment, just give me all the good stuff. Well, the first rental property that I bought, or that we bought, me, my brother, and my mother, uh, is was in Kilgore. Um, a local guy, he owner financed it for us, and uh, we did have to pay a high rate, but we kept that one off the books. We kind of didn't have any knowledge on what we were doing, and it helped us having him owner finance it because then we didn't have to pull any out of pocket. It's a huge blessing to get an owner finance deal on your right. first one. Ours, our story is a little bit similar, but I'm going to let you finish yours and then we'll get into mine. And then, uh, so from there he went ahead and put a new roof on, refinanced that into, or financed that into so the rolled deal. it in for Correct. you. Ran Good. it on a 20 year note. And I think our payment was still is because we haven't paid it off. It's 400 a month. So at the time, that might have seemed like a lot. Yeah, it but was. now, compared to other properties you have, where does that rank as far as your monthly payments go? Well, I mean, it's not too far off. It depends on what we're buying and what uh, price range. But uh, most of them now are probably double. So they're probably about eight hundred a month. Okay, and you're paying. I mean, so looking back, it's a good deal. Right. Yeah. It actually on that one. That one wasn't a bad deal. I haven't had. Too terribly many bad deals. I guess we're um, starting out that I didn't know a lot about. It was, you know, like electrical, okay. plumbing issues, and then the actual cost of things. And mm-hmm. knowing somebody that um, has done that before helps because you think, well, I just have to go in, work on paint, work on flooring, work on the, sh- the cosmetics. But then you forget that, hey, the panel may be, there may be certain circuits that aren't working yeah. in the electric panel. So what, at that time, what what year was that? Do you remember? I was 23. I'm 37 now. So was that 14, about 14 years, years ago? 14 years ago. So uh, 2022 minus 14 is uh, 20, like 2008. Right. Okay. This is quite, quite a ways back. I didn't realize you were in the investing game that long. Yeah, we've been in it a while. My, actually, I didn't even want to do that one. I want, I was more into the flips, like the quick okay. cash, and my brother and my mom, you know, kind of convinced me to, like, slow down mm-hmm. and, and do that, and I'm glad that we did. What was your main source of income at that time? 
We had a, uh, at that time, we had a daycare center in Marshall, and I was okay. running that. Okay. So you had a, a gig where it was providing your income. You didn't have to have. A little bit. I mean, that business was hard, too. So, you know, mm-hmm. I would hold six checks in my wallet in order for other people to make payroll. You know, so. <laughs> it Yeah. It's been dicey. Yes. That, that, you know, we can go into that of, like, the different businesses and the uh, profit margins and cash flows. And, and that's one that's pretty tight. I'm in the lawn care industry. It's pretty, pretty tight. Um, right. That's a whole different show. Right. So. But when you're young, you're 20, you said you're 23 Three. Mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, the benefit of getting in the investing game early like that is you don't have a lot of personal overhead. No. And I didn't have a family. I didn't have a wife. I could sleep on my either one of my brother's couch, my mom's house, you know, it's not ideal. It's not what you want to do at 23. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you don't have those responsibilities of being a full blown adult with kids and family, then you don't have, you can take those risks. Yeah. Cause your lifestyle is a low risk lifestyle. Right. Right. Um, Alex Hermosi, if you guys watch him, big business guy online, I'm watching him on YouTube a lot. Dude, like slept on his friend's couch or in his, uh, in-laws parents extra bedroom or something like that for a long time like even he was running 30 40 50 thousand dollars a month in revenue of his businesses and and I think he said he got to where he was bringing home about 20 grand a month and he was still living like he was making two grand a month right and if the benefit of starting early is that you can do that right you try to start now it's a little bit difficult but you can still do it you can. There's a lot of young investors that have gotten into the real estate game. There's a lot of not young, but older investors that have gotten into the real estate game. And I can sit and talk to people about real estate until I'm literally blue in the face because it's not, there's no competition. And there's plenty of people to satisfy the needs of investments. Mm. Or there's plenty of. Income, right, investments, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I always think that people should own real estate. So go back to that first deal. Do you remember what you bought it for? How much Uh, you bought it it for? It was between fifty five and 60000 Okay, and you got that owner financed. Mm -hmm. And then the money uh, that you went in and did a little bit of rehab, do you remember how much rehab you put into it? I would say we probably didn't do more than... Ten grand, and did that come out of pocket, or what, did you get the owner to finance that as well? I believe we we took that out of pocket, or got financing or something for it, and okay. then um, we rented it for eight hundred a month. So we were profiting probably about three hundred a month okay. after taxes and insurance because the taxes weren't that much. So you said fifty or fifty five was your purchase. Yes, fifty five or sixty. Okay, so you have seventy. You had seventy total mm-hmm. in it. You're renting it for eight hundred, profiting about three hundred a month with like some setback for capital expenditures and stuff like that, right? Right. Okay. And now I think that property rents for my brother runs that one. I think like twelve hundred. So you're cash flowing around seven hundred a month now, six seven hundred bucks. Yeah, taxes has gone up, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. So at the time, I, I think this is the point that I'm trying to get to, is at the time, your cash flow is there. 300 bucks a month on a long-term investment right. on a smaller investment is fine. Right. right. You're trying to get at least, now you're trying to get at least four or 500 bucks a month on cash flow per unit, right? Uh, I try to get at least 300. And, and this is what I tell people. 
you want to at least get two to three hundred dollars per month. That that's what you want to get. Yeah. Um, because of repairs. If you don't, what people have to realize is that somebody else is paying that debt. Mm-hmm. The tenant is paying your debt. Yeah. And the caveat of this business is that at any point you can pick up, let's say three years down the road, your payments are 800 a month. Somebody else has paid the insurance and the equity cash in your pocket. And that's where the real values at. All right. So what do you owe on that property now about? You just had <laughs> yes. 25 grand or okay. something like that. And what is that property 30. worth now? Oh, probably 125, 150. Okay, so let's just say 125. So worth 125. You owe 25. So you have 100,000 in equity. Right. In that property. Here's a cool thing about real estate, too. The tenant paid that down for you. Correct. You've made three, four, five hundred bucks a month in cash flow the entire time that you've had it. Right. On a, on a, on a bad month, you break even because you had repairs, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you've got a hundred thousand dollars in equity that, that the tenant paid down on that. If you ever need money, even at today's higher interest rates, if you need money for your next investment, I, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing this every time and all time, you know, save, save your money and, and invest it in your, in your real estate deals, but you can pull money out. You can pull equity out. Yeah. And you can cross borrow too. You can take to the bank and use the equity in that as collateral for another deal. And that's a we, good point. Di- we, we did that early on my brother okay. and I, and that's how we were able to propel. We're very conservative, but we're very aggressive whenever it's something that we want. And so that's how we put ourselves in a big time, you know, in a, a good decent, position in a decent equity position. So if you took, you, you can do that. You can use that equity for another loan where you don't have to get two loans, right? Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. For the listener, what I'm uh, saying is the way that Genty did it is took it to the bank and said, hey, I have this equity. Use it as collateral. Correct. You're just getting a loan for the new property. Correct. Pretty much if I have A property, which is the property we're talking about, and B is the new property, if I default on B or A, they take both. They take both. So you're 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 saying, hey, I'm willing to risk my property. Yeah, I know we're going to make our payments. Right. So, um, or you can do a, a cash out refi. And the cool thing about cash out refis are that they're tax free. Right. Because they are a loan. So let's say you go and you pull. Let's say you owe twenty five now. Right. It's worth one twenty five. You can pull. Local banks will let you pull up to 85%. Right. We're just going to say 80 to make the numbers. And we're going to run through that real quick. So if the if the property is worth 125 and you can pull 80% of that out on a cash-out refi, that's $100,000. And then you subtract what you still owe on it. So $100,000 minus $25,000, you could go pull $75,000 out. Right. Now you want to make sure that your note or your payment is going to cover that that your tenant's rent payment is going to cover that. So a hundred and we'd be at 120, sorry, we'd be a hundred grand outright. Mm-hmm. Be a hundred grand out. And what's uh cash out refi 20 year, you'll say seven and a half percent. Probably seven and a half to 8%. Okay. So on the bank, your note would be eight Oh five. Your taxes and insurance are going to be about 300 bucks a month, two fifty maybe. 
Right, but if you go in and let's say that you buy, you know, at 15%, um, uh, $100,000 property, well, then, you know, you can buy, what, four properties? Yeah. And then now, so your cash flow on this, we just was about 100 bucks a month now if you're charging 1200 right? right? But you just bought four. Let's say you just bought three three more properties and you're cash flowing, and that's your down Tri- payment. That's your 15% down payment. Correct. Now you're cash flowing 400 Triple. per, so you're 1200 right. plus the 100 here. So now you're at 1300 just from a property that you bought 14 years ago. Right. That's where the snowball effect starts to happen. Correct. Yeah, you get a domino effect. And, and that's what ultimately you want to do is create that real estate, um, you know, imp- I'm going to call it like some, some sort of empire to where the dominoes just continue to fall. Um, and you get to a point to where these properties start being paid off. You can use them as leverage. You can not use them as leverage if mm-hmm. you want to. Um, just putting yourself and your family in a better position. So how many properties or how many, we'll say units or doors, how many doors do you have now? 20 with one pended. 20 with one pended. We'll just call it 21. Is that with you by yourself, your investors that you have, your partners? Me and my wife have six, and then okay. I think me and my brother have the rest. Okay, so you've taken that from that start, those humble beginnings, right, mm-hmm. of a property that somebody was willing to own or finance to 21 properties now. Of those, how many deals did you come out of pocket for cash? How many did you do any with no cash down to a bank? How many did you use um, your existing equity to do that? You, you uh, remember? Probably three or four we cross-borrowed early on because yeah. it was a little bit you know, easier to do banking world. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once we started building, you know, we were able to building those, you know, accounts and stuff, mm-hmm. we were able to, you know, put the 15% down. Now I normally try to squeeze them and put 10% down. Okay. So you're squeezing your bank because you have a relationship with them. Correct. And you've done deals. Right. They know you're good for it. Right. The last two I've done 10%. Are they, uh, are you getting by without having to do PMI on that 10%? I do not do PMI. Okay. So you've got a good relationship with your bank. PMI is a, a Something mortgage insurance. What's the P it's stand a, for? It's a, mor- it's a mortgage insurance. You're paying for the insurance. You're paying for the bank's insurance in case you default is Correct. what's going on. Correct. You're buying somebody else's insurance. Right. It's not beneficial to you at all. Mm, no, not really at all. So three or four. And then the deals that you and your wife do on your own without mm-hmm. partners, are those deals that you're cross-barring with or are you using your own money as down payments or are you getting in these deals with no cash down? What What's the typical scenario for you? It uh, just depends on the scenario and the deal and how much, you know, that deal is. But they're typically about 10%. So, you know, we'll buy one and let it build. Wait till we find another deal. And if we got enough in that investment account, then we ride it out of that investment account. Okay. Try not to touch our money, but okay, we normally have to. So you're going in, letting your investments build for long term. This is this is your game. Mm-hmm. Your your real estate is your long term investments. Right. Yeah. I have I have most of my eggs in the real estate business. Okay. But at the same time, over the last five years, you've built uh, your personal income up to where if you need to pull from that, it's not going to break your bank. Right. You yeah. become very good at being a real estate agent. 
and make a decent living doing that. And if you need to pull from your personal finances to do a deal, you will. Yes. If it's the right deal, right? Well, typically 90% of the time, unless we've just built it up so good, then some of it's coming from our personal. Okay. Uh, I'm prepared to, you know, if it makes, if it'll make sense to push forward. I think where I'm going with that is if you're long-term renting, in order, if your goal is to provide yourself with passive income now, Mm -hmm. you got to get up to a certain amount of properties before you can afford to do that. It's normally, I, I always tell people it's about five. Okay. Because let's do that scenario. If you have five and they're cash flowing uh, 300 a month, that's 1,500 times 12. Uh, that's $18,000 a year. That means you could buy a new property every yeah. year. One. Yeah. And then it continues to grow. Yeah. Um, what if I want to do this and I want to get to a point to where I'm making, say my monthly expenses are six grand a month. And my average... Cash flow is three hundred bucks a month per property. Do you feel like I need to double that six grand in cash flow before I start? Before I can actually pay myself that six grand a month? Probably, and you need to have a. I always tell people, don't commingle the money uh, with your personal and your mm-hmm. business. Have it in a business entity so that you know, so that it's good for you and not a liability if you're ever sued. LLC sued. Okay, yeah, and then. Uh, make sure that you are, it's okay to be aggressive, but buy good deals. Don't yeah. buy junk. Yeah. Unless that's your MO. I have no uh, problem sure. with people that want to buy low income or high income or medium income properties. Yeah. They're all profitable. Yeah. It's all on what you want to do and how you want to do it. And we're kind of going through this right now where we're kind of going through a little reset uh, with the, the properties that my brother and I owns and then a few of what my wife and I own, um, you can go broke buying good deals. A hundred percent you can. If you try to scale too fast. And we, we got to a point to where we were just buying, 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 and we didn't have and a lot of these, all this stuff is rehab. And so we didn't have enough time to get these things rehabbed to get them cash flowing. So we're selling off some stuff right now. Uh, just to put us in a better cash position. Right. And you have to do that sometimes. Go back and relook at the portfolio. Yeah. And listen, you can always don't get attached to this stuff. If you need to, what they call sacrifice a cow. If you got 100 cows in the pasture and you need some, some money, it's not going to hurt you to sell five of them. No, no, it's not. You know, sell what you can in order to look at the long-term game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get their emotions and heart stuck in the deal yeah and that's not what it's about yeah all right that's great information next episode we're going to go into the biggest mistake in the first uh property that i did with a few partners the mistakes that i made and uh, it's a pretty comical story looking back on it but tune back in to the next episode to get all the dirty little details there we'll go through that mistakes and uh, things we would have done different we appreciate you being with us today remember love god love others and let your work reflect that hit those buttons at the bottom like share subscribe and uh, help us reach more people that uh, need to know about real estate and investing. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you guys.